Good afternoon, you're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and Local Media This Week, the programme where we go into the local print media, the Clare Champion and the Clare Echo, and we see what they're talking about, and I suppose we talk about it ourselves and give our opinions and maybe point the way where you might look in the papers this weekend. Uh, local Media This Week is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography, Ruth, uh, based in Fecal, fabulous photographer, and uh, we're delighted and thank her for her sponsorship. This evening, we're joined by most of our usual panel. First of all, a big welcome back to uh, Pat O'Brien. Pat, good to see you back again. Thanks, Jim. Uh, David Fleming. David, delighted to see you. Delighted, Jim. And uh, hopping off the bench this week again, where he didn't really get a chance to get to warm it up, is Tom Henley. <laughs> so, Tom, good to see you. Well, likewise, Jim. Thank you for inviting me along. So, uh, looking at the papers, we'll start with the front uh, pages. And I, looking at the front page uh, of the Clare Echo, Priest Promises Planner Blessings If Car Park Granted. And I was, I was just... Thinking, you know, I was thinking of long ago when indulgences were being handed out. David is the historian here. Uh, the more money you had in your account, the more indulgences you got. Are we back to that? Well, we could be getting very close to it again, Jim, because um, it, <laughs> it does it does appear that uh, that things are being given out for 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 useful purposes by the clergy, anyway. Um, but this is a story by Gordon Deegan, and it's uh, the parish priest of Listun Varna, Kilshani, Tumavera, and Doolin, Father Robert McNamara, who's put in an application for a car park beside uh, a church. Uh, the church is at Tuv. How do you pronounce that? Tuva. Tuva- just look at Tuvahara. Tuvahara, yeah, at Kilmoon West in Listunvarna. In the middle of the burn. It's in the middle of the burn. And the priest is looking for the car park anyway to take the cars off the road, he says, in his planning application. And in an email to the planner, he has beseeched the planner to uh, accept the application and uh, said that many blessings will follow if the application is granted. Mm. So listen, of course, we always try to do our best when it's a planning application. And, you know, some people use brown, used to use, used to use brown paper envelopes. That used to be mentioned in the past. <laughs> and, and, and others said they'd have a word with a local councillor and another. This priest is using all the powers he has at his disposal and he's got a lot of blessings that he can bestow and has decided that if this is granted, blessings will come on, on this particular planner. I wonder if it's the planner or blessings in general will come on the area because they talk about, you know, the safety aspect and all of that. Yeah, well, in, in the email he states... I really hope that you do the sensible and decent thing and please uphold our, our application. And he is talking about uh, safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he wants to take the cars from that road and put them into the car park. And he goes on, I can promise you 
that to do so will bring you many blessings. So it's very particular to that particular oh, planner. It is indeed, yes, it is. But he's upfront about it. He's very upfront. He's very upfront. Well, it looks like um, uh, transport infrastructure Ireland are objecting. Father Robert McNamara has made the promise. That's on page nine. He stated that he is perplexed by why transport infrastructure Ireland would be objecting to his plans for a new car park to serve a little architectural gym of a church in the modern and county Clare. Father McNamara has served plans with Clare County Council for the car park to serve a historic 1878 church at to the at Kilmoon, West Eastern Verna. This car park scheme is aimed at eliminating on-road parking during mass times at the Church of Our Lady of Lourdes, which has just become in demand for smaller weddings. Mm. So, I suppose, I don't know, it's, it's, if, if, if it's safer, you'd imagine, I don't know why the TII would be, would be objecting to... Yeah. I mean, you'd imagine to be, to, he wouldn't be looking for a big car park. I've never heard of the TII. Has anyone else heard of them, I wonder? Transport Infrastructure Ireland. They're yeah. the people who control the roads. They do the main oh, are roads. They? Like that, yeah. Um, uh, they're, they're, they, they say that the proposal is at variance with the national policy in relation to control of frontage development on or affecting national roads. And, of course, this came up last week, hmm. gentlemen, with regard to the county development plan where... Uh, planning applications are not allowed on national primary routes. So I don't know if this church is on that same route. I suspect it is. It sounds as if it is probably on that, is it the N69 road, you know, which is, mm -hmm. you know, rated a national route, but it's not. It's not. Uh, no. It shouldn't be, really. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. But the so they, they should, like, uh, how, why is it a national primary route? And could its designation change? Mm. I wonder if, you know, if it's a church car park uh, mm. to allow people to park in off the road, then, like, the, the common sense should nearly uh, prevail, prevail yeah, over, yeah. over yeah. policy. Well, did you ever hear of anyone up in Dublin in, in, in the high-rise offices ever having common sense <laughs> in any department? But this now, this is clear. Well, I know the TII are an interested party, Transport Infrastructure, but it is up to the Clare County Council, ultimately, what they do. Now, all they've said is that they want an archaeological dig because the church and the surrounding area is full of monuments. That's fair enough. That would be normal. And they want an audit of the traffic to see how actual, how busy it actually is. So, um, so the blessings may follow depending on the results of those two things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jim, you mentioned historically, I suppose, that uh, indulgences could nearly be acquired for exchange of a little money. Wouldn't yes. Is that correct? Yes, that would have been the case at one <laughs> yeah. stage. Yeah. This was, but, of course, and all sorts of trouble ultimately came. This is one of the one of the reasons Martin Luther had his reformation because yeah, yeah. the sale of indulgences was was a crime and of course indulgences are still given out but um, but you're not allowed to sell them no never make analysis anywhere he's aiming to prove, to to improve road safety and I, he trusts in the law that everything will turn out okay so yeah. Well, just, as an aside on that, I have a friend that does a lot of work near. He goes out every year to do volunteer work in, let's say, a poorer country. You know, and I was asking, why did he do it? You see, I says, I'm collecting vouchers for St. Peter. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wish Father McMurray right. every yeah. success in his endeavour. What he's really doing, I suppose, is and looking a, after his flock. There's a local, there's a local person there, uh, Patrick and Francis, I don't know who have donated the site. Don't they have that? Common sense would prevail. Hopefully. Okay, uh, Six Mile Bridge. Now, in Six Mile Bridge, there, there was quite an irate public meeting the other day. It's on page uh, 12 and 13 of the Clare Echo. And uh, they seem to have got rid, Tom, of one uh, encampment at the railway station there a few weeks ago, quite successfully. But yeah. now there seem to be uh, at least one other uh, encampment or somebody one, uh, parking where they shouldn't. That's it, yeah. The, they've been camped uh, or parked, I suppose, illegally outside the train station at Six Mile Bridge for a number of years. And it took a while to get rid of them. But when they finally did move them, all they did was move into, there's one caravan apparently moved into a private estate. And needless to say, the residents aren't too best pleased with it. No. And that's, the public meeting was there and... Uh, the bridge, it says Six Mile Bridge, united in bid to remove illegal encampment. I suppose the honest, I believe that family were offered a house, you know, and didn't take it someplace else. Maybe they have a, a wish to stay in the greater Six Mile Bridge area, but it's... But it appears they were offered a house in the market. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, and didn't take it. Turned it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were about 200 people attended the meeting and they were quite irate and... Mm. Joe Cooney was there. No, Joe Cooney wasn't there, was it? He was, there. Yeah. 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 Yeah moving them on without going through years, possibly, of, of hoops. Yes. There's yeah. quite a lot of um, legalities around moving people around. I suppose, I, I don't know the history of it, but I, um, there must have been problems in the past about moving people on and the laws were had to be changed as a result. Um, the person is a Mrs. Harty. Uh, she's named here in, on page one of the Clare Champion. And um, it was T.D. Cahill Crow who wrote to residents afterwards saying that uh, he has been maintaining contact with the Housing Department of Clare County Council and Garda Sheikana and uh, that, sh that he had some communications with Mrs. Harty to see if this ridiculous, his word, impasse could be resolved. And he goes on, as I'm sure many of you are aware, Mrs. Harty was offered a house in Newmarket on Fergus a number of months ago, but she declined this offer. This house has since been allocated to another applicant on the social housing list. Therefore, it is no longer available to her. Mrs. Harty has demanded a four-bedroom property, and, uh, and at this very moment, there is no such property in the county that could meet her needs and that of her children. So... So that's the impasse that appears that Mrs. Harty wants, as you say, Jim, maybe to live in Six Mile Bridge, if that's, she's moved from one part of Six Mile Bridge to another. Yes. And um, until there is a four bedroom house, I suspect there'll be continuing problems. Mm. Okay, well, will you, Pat, yeah, you it mentioned- looks, It looks like that, it looks like that, um, 
these people can do what they like. They, they moved into the private station at Six Mile Bridge and they were there for three years. Mm. And why they couldn't be moved out of it is, is ridiculous. Like, you know, there all seems to be, if I, if I decided to go down and half along Six Mile Bridge and the railway station, I'd, I'd probably be moved in, uh, in, overnight. And be arrested. And be arrested. Hmm. Or at least get a ticket. Hmm. Yes. Into, if, if anybody was moved into yeah. that estate with a caravan, uh, some, some, someone would come along and they'd throw it out and you'd probably be end up inside in the American jail. Hmm. In, you know? is, so there a, is there a case as well where, you know, someone... Okay, there, there is or there should be a right to housing. But I mean, if you wanted a four bedroom or a five bedroom house or whatever, I mean, lots of people who work hard every day and get a mortgage and buy a house don't buy a house as big as they would like. No. Because they can't afford it. Yeah. Well, I don't know how many children Mrs. Harty has. Okay. We'll skip across the parish border to Newmarket and Fergus, Pat, because just linked to that story is a bout of antisocial behaviour, and it's, I think it's on page two of the Clare Champion. Please, yeah. Complaints over Newmarket, antisocial behaviour, Owen Ryan is the story there on page two of the Clare Champion. Dozens of complaints have been made about an ongoing antisocial anti -social behaviour at the Ryak Onoa social housing development in Newmarket and the Fergus. A number of residents have had problems as recently as last weekend, and local county councillor Pat McMahon said he had spoken to the relevant official in Clare County Council about the issues that have occurred in this development. I have reported back to the council on an ongoing basis. They have to walk through the procedure. My clear impression is that they are going through the system. There has to be a couple of warnings and then a final warning. That's what they have to do in my experience at the Fianna Fáil Councillor this week. He said it is wrong for people who, who behave, behave properly to be put in a as a disadvantage by neighbours who refuse to extend the same courtesy. It is very disappointing. The worst scenario is happening that people are trying to live a normal life. They are so happy to get a house and then this blows up. There are misfortunate people. The vast majority are very decent people with something they can do what they want and not worry about intruding on other people's and making a horrible place for them to live on an ongoing basis. Mm. It doesn't it's describe, a very small yeah. development with just 18 units which was allocated in 2022. So this is a new, a new scheme, Tom, yeah. that people have been put into. And no doubt the, the vast majority of people in that state yeah. are decent people. But yeah. They don't describe what the antisocial behaviour is, but it must be... That's a really antisocial. Yeah, to, to, get, to get that kind of reaction. People like, uh, right to live in some bit of comfort, whether mm. it's all night parties or raves or whatever's going on, or, mm. you know, just acting the yahoos on the street or well, whatever, I think, you know? There, actually, if we read the Six Mile Bridge uh, article fully as well, the, the cars were racing in out there at all hours of the night at four in the morning yeah, into yeah. that estate. That's With, the, with the, yeah. the people that stay in the, yeah. in the caravan as well. Yeah. yeah. Do so, we feel that there is more antisocial behaviour now than there might have been 20, 30, 50 years ago? Or was there always mm. antisocial behaviour? I suppose behavior? there was always a certain amount of it, but it gets highlighted more now. Mm. There was a time when, it, let's say, what was going on 30, 40 years ago, it would be kind of harmless fun, but it's not regarded as no. anymore. Yeah. No, no. How serious. many warnings, Pat, would you give them? Well, I'd say one. One. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They talk about the process. Well, and you see, if you get a new house, a lot of these people that, that cause antisocial behaviour probably pay nothing for their houses. Hmm. 
They'll probably we'll assume this was these are probably the neighbours from hell that have moved into yeah, a house and upset free. everyone round about yeah. them possibly. Yeah. That's the council finds it hard to get them out. You know, mm. they just can't say, you know, go up with the guards. They're right out mm. five minutes to clear. You and know, and, and, the and they probably also find they have to get money. They wouldn't get. They probably wouldn't yeah. get any money off from yeah. either. Mm. But are they? Are the authorities in this case, be they the council or the guards? Are they severe enough, do you think? Are the penalties severe enough? I don't think so. I don't think they are. Mm. I think if we no estate there and you're waiting, housing um, units there and people uh, moving into them, and a lot of people are probably delighted to get a no, a no, a no house. And, and, and then you have this kind of thing. Yeah. In, fa in fairness to the council, when they're maybe not be building enough of houses, but any of those that they are building are built to a very high standard. Yeah, standard yeah. 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 Very, very high standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All, all the new social housing now, yeah. uh, I see a scheme in Tullerdale, and it's fabulous looking. There's oh, yeah. about 28 yeah. houses in it, yeah. and, and, and they're as good as any house that's built anywhere. Yes, better than most people's than houses that are yeah. older. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go on. We're staying with the front page in the Clare Champion, uh, and the headline, which is quite scary, I think. 25,000 people left A&E without receiving treatment since 2019. Um, and... The argument, it's an article here by Jessica Quinn, where 25,000 people are left without treatment, which strengthens the case, according to this article, to reopen the accident and emergency at Ennis Hospital. Um, 20, there's four years, 25,000 people left without, um, without treatment. Uh, it, you know, whether that's, that is, um, it's, it's a horrifying statistic. Yeah, um, it is, 25,000. And we're only talking about University Hospital Limerick. Uh, and these are people who, leave, who arrive in accident and emergency and then are, are leave at some point. Um, presumably some people leave when they're sick of waiting for so long mm. and they find alternatives. Alternatively, it could be people coming to accident and emergency... Uh, and are triaged and then leave. I don't think, it, you know, the triage phase where mm. you're seen initially. And assessed. And assessed. Yeah. Yeah. And you might be told at that point, you're sure there's nothing wrong with you, go home. Yes. Yeah. Um, but that wouldn't account for everybody. But, um, yeah, it seems... Now, according to the HSE, uh, they say it's in line with, uh, with expectations. Yeah. So they expect this sort of thing yeah. to happen. I wonder there are more people turning up to A&E with little, let's say, minor ailments that really shouldn't be there, you know? A&E should be accident and emergency. It should. You know? it should. Whereas they should be, let's and, say, yeah. local centres, like even Ennis Hospital gets mentioned there again. Yeah. It should be able to cater yeah. for the... For the small the routine, small things. The small yeah. things. Yeah. Smaller but, things. And, and Ennis, to a certain extent, does cater for small things, but it's not 24-hour yeah. service. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. means that at certain stages, particularly at night and early in the morning, people have to go to yeah. to UHL. Anyway, it's it's a little, it's something to think about. There's, I thought when you said a shocking um, headline on the on the front of the champion, I thought it was winter's on the way. <laughs> <laughs> I you know thought what? that was pretty shocking. Yeah. Well. We would have talked about that anyway. I thought it was about the S Street threat to Clare Dolphins that he was going to mention. Well, well, we could be in the front well winter is here already. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Although during the week now we had a couple of lovely days. We had days. a few nice yeah. days, yeah. Uh, Tom, 
talk to us about the, the estuary threat to Clare as a man who lives beside the River Shannon himself. Well, yeah. Although the dolphins don't get as far as They don't, they don't. You. And there was a lot more noise. When I grew up beside the, the, the Shannon Lock Derg in Portum in my young days, you know, I can remember um, the old steamers still kind of uh, going up and down here, the tuff, 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 the, the barges. The barges, yeah, yeah that's right. But um, a lot of, there is quite a bit of traffic. Uh, uh, Fines is a very busy port. Mm. It's a very deep port. So a lot of vehicles or vessels can come in there that can't come into a lot of other ports around the country. And if Fines was, if the Shannon Estuary was in the eastern part of the country, it would be very, very busy. Yes. You know? But uh, some of the bigger boats are coming in there now. But uh, one of the suggestions they have is to have a speed limiter. But all of those big boats, uh, ships, if you look at them, you think they're hardly moving at all. Are you saying, Tom, that the dolphins are in trouble because of the number of boats that, coming into fines? That seems to be the, pres- uh, the impression that's given that there's uh, loss of habitat and more noise, kind of noises. Yeah, and speed. Speed, I suppose, really. Well, I, I'd say, are there, is, it, is it more or less in the future when maybe the place gets busier? That's yeah, talking about. Yeah, because it's if we look at the afternoon, it's a proposed yeah. development. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's uh, seemingly there's a unique population of bottlenose dolphins, unique to the estuary, um, and it's it's uh, they don't actually say how many they've got, but um, dolphins live in an acoustic world. They navigate and communicate through sound. Increased development and increased marine traffic is going to increase marine noise in the estuary. That will cause problems for the dolphins. Mm. Um, so I wonder do, if, if the noise becomes unbearable, do the dolphins go somewhere else? Is that the word? One of, one of the suggestions they have also, Simon Barrow, who is the, I'm not sure what his title is. I have met him on occasions. He's the, in the he's Kilrush-based Irish whale and dolphin group. Yeah. Um, I remember attending talks by him in, in, in his enthusiasm, knows no bounds, mm. uh, in my school um, teaching days. But he's, he's suggesting that large ships, when they dock, should be facilitated to be allowed to plug into the, um, the grid to recharge their batteries, as opposed to... The diesel, the diesel yeah. engines mm. being going yeah. hard yeah. the whole time yeah. to do the same thing. That's so, interesting. Whales, dolphins, and all those animals—they really communicate by sound underwater. You know, and mm. they have very sensitive hearing. And even uh, in the broad Atlantic Ocean, uh, if some of the maneuvers are maybe going on, let's say with uh, um, Russian warships and submarines well, yeah, yeah. and things like mm. that, it can upset. And a lot of the whales that get beached if they have Let's say there's some sort of maybe an underwater explosion or something like that. Something that really plays havoc with our hearing and sensory abilities can cause them to be beached and just yeah, yeah, totally yeah. disorientate them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, mind you, you know, I saw some place was that in Kerry where a you know, 40 ton whale was washed up, you know? Like all animals, they do eventually come to the end of their life and yeah. they want to finish yeah. up somewhere, you know? And in but, the past, uh, yeah. that reminds me, in the past, uh, locals all along the West Coast would be crying out for a beached whale or a beached, uh, well, whales, I suppose, yeah. because the blubber, um, but more particularly the oil, the oil, the blubber yes. is used yeah. for, would be turned into oil, I suppose, and that would be the oil in the lamps. Lamp oil, yes. Yes. And yes, yeah. they would make a fortune out of it. Um, 
recycling in its day. Yeah, sustainability yeah. ultimately. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay, week anyway, one. You mentioned that that winter's on the way. That's a photograph of uh, two people back in uh, Lizzie, Lizzie Casey, Casey. Uh, gathering a little bit of turf, you know. Uh, that guy, that wheelbarrow, that's a bit small. I'd like to, you know, time bringing out a, a full time the truck of this wheelbarrow, wouldn't it? They would. probably have the wheelbarrows behind the photographer, the bigger ones. But, uh, the, the, I said that I need probably heaping it up there. Yeah, it looks dry, you know, at least dry enough to bring home and put in the shed. Yeah. Just talking about the weather, you didn't happen to see that there's one of these funny WhatsApp um, little videos going around recently. This guy sitting down in the bog, you know, and giving out about the greens. Trying to dry a sod of turf with a hair dryer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quite funny. Yes. And he had much good to say about the greens, but anyway. <laughs> I was, I was, we took a drive up to, to Le Hinch and Doolan there on Monday last. It was a beautiful day and we had an absolutely lovely day out. Grand, relaxing day. And I thought of Pat O'Brien going around Blake's Corner. Um, because <laughs> anytime I think of Blake's Corner, anytime I try to navigate Blake's Corner, I think of Pat. Pat, did you come across something in the in the paper in the page three of the Clare Champion? Think, yeah, page three, Shaden McGinn, the Blake's Corner has become my nightmare. Your nightmare now. That's the heading, is it? Oh, yes. <laughs> Anger and frustration going not clear for a number of recent accidents in the notorious traffic expert. Andrew Hamilton is the story. Uh, anger and frustration is threatening to buy over an inner assignment. Once again, following a series of accidents at Clare's most notorious traffic expert, Blake's Corner left source that a car driven by a foreign tourist drove into the protective wall outside the listed buildings. Mounting the wall and sending a large chunk of stone into the nearby footpath. This incident was the last straw for many people, local residents who have endured another summer of tailbacks and increasing dangerous driving and walking conditions into the notorious bottleneck. A public protest was quickly scheduled to take place on August 19th, and though this protest has now been postponed, other protest actions are being considered. Launched by Clare County Council for an inner relief road bypass, Blake's Corner are currently before the courts and subject to a possible judicial review. So uh, this, this thing isn't going to be solved any, any time soon, it looks like. But it is a real bottleneck though, especially in the summer. Oh, it is a real bottleneck, you'll be stuck there for a long time, but we're going to come and back from the age. Whereas Pat sees the problem as, uh, as the buildings, the main problem is the objections to the bypass and the bridge. Um, and the history of this is, is given there, and it is unfortunate, it's, it's going right back to 2018. A design for a new bridge crossing upstream of the existing bridge has been completed for a number of years now. Planning permission was approved in 2018. Just five years ago. It is. Yeah. The necessary funding has been secured from Transport Infrastructure Ireland. Yeah. We came across them earlier. And an application relating to the compulsory purchase order of the necessary lands to carry out the much-needed works was submitted to Umbord Penal in June 2020. Well, land, but there's houses involved as well. There is. We'll come to that. Following an oral hearing in June 2021, where affected property owners were given an opportunity to voice their concerns and objectives, the CPO was approved by the board in late 2022. Due process allows for a two-month standstill period thereafter before we are permitted to move to the next stage of development. And the long and the short of it was one of the property owners kept stayed to the last minute and then said they were going to submit a challenge. And the owners did that and 
sought leave to apply to the High Court to have the high, to have the board's decision judicially reviewed, and this is where there we are at currently. So, so tis one so, person, one yeah, person holding up the whole thing. I have no problem with him. I, I'm, I'm delighted they held it up because uh, <laughs> the, the, the fact of the matter is that the person there was, a, there was a person there. They had a shop, and they had a, a, a they had a, a flower shop. They had a business, and they're been CPO'd to take away their house. So these these two houses here at the corner are empty of those shells that are swallowed down, and to keep them, keep those two buildings there. I, I, I don't see any any. One, one person shouldn't, you know. This is for the com, for the common good, and well, this is for the, the common good as well. This, these two see, houses. I'm not. sure they could move the flower shop into the lands. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, they shouldn't. And be, they'd have a happier time. Yeah, there wouldn't be too many going in because. And Lister and Ennis Diamond would be a much nicer town once all the traffic is taken. Oh, absolutely. Jim, I don't think we're going to solve this tonight. No, we? but I, I have no doubt we'll discuss it again. <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> Listen, I suppose on page well, ten, I was in, I, Jim. Before I go away, I was in Toronto <laughs> last week. And I say, if that building was in Toronto, to be flattened. <laughs> Just like that. Be Listen, Toronto isn't as old as Blake's. <laughs> and I tell you, if it was in Beijing, it would be flattened. It would be flattened. And unfortunately, there's an awful lot of fantastic ar traditional architecture in China that made way. And the Chinese will probably regret this in, hmm. in 100 well, years' yes. time. Yeah, but I say that, there's, there's a new school on the Lahinch Road there now. There's a new school that will be open in September on the Lahinch Road. Where you have three schools in, in, in a style and closing down second like school. Yeah. And mo o most of the children will be going out there, out to the, out to the school. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. And that's going to increase the, the traffic yeah. very lot more. And unfortunately, unfortunately, as I said, had that, not, had that person not issued a high court challenge, the bridge would be underway. Yeah. I suppose it's better it's have a process at least than in China where it's a diktat. Yes. Knock it. And yeah. And if you look at Killaloo, Killaloo is a very similar situation where school children have to pass up Killaloo Bridge every day to go to secondary school from Ballina. Um And happily, they'll be able to walk a little bit more mm -hmm. safely now that the new bridge will be built hopefully Listen, next we're year. We're almost at the break. The bridge is just in Kilo, uh, like you couldn't go and knock on it. Uh, but uh, this thing is, as far as I'm concerned, anyway, yeah. be I'd say we'll, we'll be seeing Pat in the headlines in the future. Will, we'll, we'll be we'll, talking about him in this programme. a digger <laughs> will have knocked into <laughs> the next corner. And he Listen, the Sinn Féin uh, convention took place and there was no great surprise that Donna McGettigan was selected as the Sinn Féin general election candidate. Uh, the, the various common who were appealing to Mary Lou to change the, the procedure or to go back maybe to the previous procedure to undo the decisions they made um, were met with deaf ears. So Donna McGettigan is now the Sinn Féin candidate. Um, That's right. It's page 10 of the Clare Echo. Um, Porig McMahon has the story, Jim. And a picture there of Councillor McGettigan um, addressing a crowd. Um, yeah, and so three TDs shared the, the, the meeting. Um, uh, who were they? Morris Quinlevin for the Limerick TD, Martin Ferris and Jonathan O'Brien. And why, not why, a word was mentioned. Why would you want three chairmen? Uh, to, to ensure the results. To ensure fairness and democracy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, there, there was actually not a mention of, of the issue at the meeting, at the convention last Thursday. 
Um, it was held in, in Clockley, and no mention of the controversy, and indeed there was no mention of Moran. Did she attend? Don't know. Don't know. Nolene Moran. It um, doesn't seem as if she did, according to that report. You know? But yeah. no, Nolene admitted her disappointment with the process. Uh, she says, the issue is that a rule has been passed, which has taken the decision-making process away from the membership in the constituency, which should be a cause for concern for all members. This has to be played out. I've been a member of Sinn Féin for over 20 years, so it will play out a bit longer, but I'm waiting on a reply. So she feels it's not over yet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. wonder what's... Yeah, yeah. He would be kind of a slot-handed fellow in the chair already, wouldn't he? What, what, what I'm surprised at is why, <laughs> given Sinn Féin's, we'll say, experience in 2020 and their standing yeah. in the polls, that they're not putting up a second candidate. Yeah, that is interesting. They've yeah. obviously a strategy here. They, they, of course, do polling all the time. And uh, the polls may not suggest, in Clare at least, that they might get two seats. Mm. But going on the basis of what happened last time mm. around, you would have thought that they would have come very close to yes. or, or building up for the or future Building up seats. capacity, yeah. 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 And, and given that Councillor McGetting is from Shannon and... No, Nolene Moran is from East. Where is she from? She's from North Clare. North, North Clare. Clare. You would have thought geographically that sort of makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, to maximise the to vote. To maximise the vote. So, mm. and several candidates, several parties run two candidates, mm. knowing right well they won't get the second one in, yeah. but building that capacity. Their vote yeah. And they're thinking yeah. of local mm. elections yeah. and yeah. future. So, mm. it, it, as Nolene herself says, it might not be over quite yet. No. Okay, listen, we, we're over in <laughs> the first time. We're well over. Um, Pat, have you a bit of music for us to relax on before we delve into the stories in East Clare? I have, Jim, yeah. Uh, it's the, the 46th anniversary of the death of Elvis Presley on the 16th of uh, May of August. Uh, as he's known, the king of rock and roll. And uh, it's now or never. Okay. Well, <laughs> if we don't take a break, no, we'll never take it. So away we go. Bye. It's now or never Come hold me tight Just like a willow We would cry an ocean If we lost true love you're very welcome back to local media this week here on Scarath Bay Community Radio, sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. And that was the great Elvis, it's now or never. Well, we'll tear into the, uh, I suppose, a shortened second part of the programme because uh, we did too much talking in the first half, or the first three quarters of it, or the first two thirds of it. Um, one of the things that's coming up this week, and I suppose it's, it's something that every house has an has a uh, an opinion on the rose of Trilly. tom will you be watching i will yeah i'll probably see most of that say yeah this is other things going on yeah yes and i'd say it, most people it'll will be on in too. the house and i'd say if i opted to change to another channel that would be you know <laughs> you'll be told off <laughs> i would be told off yeah. yeah but of course it's we have a local interest this year tom very much a local interest with ashton o'connor from fetal you know and from what I, I don't know her personally, but from what I see and hear of her in the media, she seems to be a very, very pleasant girl, you know, and uh, 
She could have just what it takes to be. This was Rose. Yeah. 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 She is very the best. Yeah. The I know she has been Marie and Trish. Yeah. Uh, have interviewed her a few times, the on on Scarf on Scarf Bay Community Radio on Saturday Chronicle, and and the last time was at the festival um, two weekends ago. Harbour Festival. The Harbour Festival. Mm -hmm. So um, she certainly does a great interview, and I think she acknowledged the fact that uh, on she did her first interview on this station and her last interview before she goes on and off on, uh, which she's on at the moment, her tour around the country, ending up in Tralee, she has done that as well. So, Of course, it's, it's a big, big event for the town of Tralee and this is what, is it 64 years it's going on now? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, Tralee, Tralee sir, I, I'm familiar with Tralee because my wife is from that part of the world and they it's one of the few things they have really because Killarney always gets everything um, yet Tralee is the county town um, so this is the only thing um, that they have going but I'm curious Jim wh how, what's the strategy for winning the Rose of Tralee what do you need if you're advising Ashling now wh what would you be saying to her I would, certainly I wouldn't offer any advice <laughs> to any candidate but I suppose no, they say it's not a, a simply a beauty contest. Uh, Are you going to give us the bear of that song? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's how I suppose the, the each girl will be for the week, comport yeah. themselves, mm -hmm. how they present themselves, present themselves to the judges and to mm -hmm. one another. Um, so it's, so you just have to be nice. I think you have to be nice and be yourself. Yeah. And I think if you're not yourself, you'll be found out. Yeah. Yeah, and there's pick someone that will be able to but say, go, you, you have to, if you, if you pick from the world, you, you have to go to all those different places around the world, you'll get a lot of trips, and I suppose you'll be best able to, to go along there. And, You're an and, ambassador nearly for the country for the, for the year. Country, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for, for I year. think in every beauty contest all over the world, uh, the, all the girls say how much they enjoyed it and how much they enjoyed the other girls. Mm. And I'd say in many cases, not true. <laughs> you know that there would be a lot of, of um, rivalry let's yeah, say yeah, yeah. but the, the rules are truly certainly from the outside it looks a bit different it looks yeah. like that you know a real camaraderie is built up between the girls but is there a place for it in the modern Ireland you know we used to have the Keller housewife of the year that went by the wayside a good while ago hmm. I think it's probably illegal to use the word housewife anymore it certainly, if it isn't, it probably would be. <laughs> but is there, is there a future for a pass? But you have Miss World, you have Miss, Miss Ireland. But they are very much beauty contests. Yeah, well, and the, the Rosa Tralee is not a, girl a beauty contest. Uh, uh, Claire Gill, actually, no, uh, is it one from, from, from McMahon? She's from Stuart Bay, she won, she won the, the Miss Ireland contest last year. Yeah. She's from Stuart Bay, Yeah. And um, But people would certainly say they should be banned. And then because it girl, degrades on, women. There's a girl on um, and Torsten Marlin and on and Claire Finn and Ashling. Uh, she's from she's from Mar Ashling Morrissey. She's from Belay and she's been picked as Miss Munster for the common. Um, it's a, it sounds as if Pat, it sounds as if Pat, you're a dedicated follower of all these beauty contests. <laughs> Is that right? Held, held this one on the radio. <laughs> Should there be a 
what, a stag of three are, are one for the men. Um, there, there is a Bally Bunyan bachelor, I used to be. Is that still going strong? I don't know if he had any more, Jim. I think that's gone. They had the escorts now. That's a introduction, yes. I suppose, the yeah. last 10 years or so. And, and they're well sought after, too, yeah, those yes. positions. Yeah. 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 I'll tell you, if RTE pulled out of the Rosa Tralee, it would be nothing. Hmm. And the question is, should public money be spent on a competition like this? And, and does a well, big audience justify the spending of the public yeah. money? Well, like, if, if there just is, if the audiences are there, if the national audience is there for, like, we know Tom will certainly be watching it. Uh, Pat hasn't revealed, but I suspect he I will. And Jim is in two minds. I won't be watching it, but... Um, because I find it terribly boring. But uh, if the public audience, national audience is there, it's probably justified. But if there's only 100,000 people watching it, it's certainly not. Hmm. It certainly wouldn't be value for money then. Well, it would yeah, be interesting well, to there's see. There's a value for money from all those, uh, all those uh, executives in RT to go, go to the Champions League final and, 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 and spend, uh, spend a lot of money. No. In, 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 it should not. Yeah. It should, they, certainly not. And I hope <laughs> they've got their comeuppance. <laughs> Rosa Tralee event must, is a huge tourist attraction for the town of Tralee, really. You know, okay, it's been throng yes, for yeah. nearly a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. They make huge money in it. I was down there many, many moons ago on my single days. You know, yeah. <laughs> 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 but the same, the same as like it, it, we, every place has its festival. Yeah. Liston Verna is probably the highlight of, of for Clare. Um, and other counties have their festivals as well. But mm. this one has got. And for whichever way they swingled it 60 years ago, they've got a national oh, they have, uh, yeah. audience. Okay, and an international we, audience. We, and an international audience. And very Irish, really. You know? Talking yeah. about tourism in Tralee, tourism in Clare uh, is mentioned this week because uh, the, the new chair, mayor of Clare, and some of his um, people are, as we speak, they're abroad in um, Chicago or... Someplace near Chicago, am I right, Pat? Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Milwaukee. yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I was talking to the mayor uh, during the week and he told me he was at the run after, he was off to um, Chicago and they, were, they had an hour and a half trip in, I think, after that, to, to Milwaukee, where there's a big, uh, huge um, festival every year, Irish festival, and um, where companies are there uh, from all, all over the world and all over America, and uh, you, 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 well, I suppose you have Clare, Clare have their own um, have their own stand there as well, promoting County Clare and Shannon Airport and all, mm. all that. I suppose it is one place where they can go and, you know, promote Shannon Airport as a destination. And I think Joe yeah. Cooney mentions it there in that article. It does, where lots yeah, of people yeah. come into Ireland, into Dublin automatically, yeah. and yeah. they don't even realise there's an airport yeah. on the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's covered, uh, um, covering 74 acres of Lake Michigan's shoreline. The event showcases Irish music, history, dance, sports, and culture. The annual festival also is attended by tourism agencies such as Tourism Ireland and Aer Lingus. Many US tourists fly into Dublin Airport for realizing there is an international airport on Ireland's west coast, hmm. stated Joe Cooney, Glenn of Clare County Council. This represents a massive last opportunity for the tourism sector in this region. Now I was flying back from from um, from Chicago on Saturday morning, and uh, the majority of the people on the on the flight were, were American. Yeah. And I was talking to the Derek in uh, or Derek here on the station, and he was telling me that he, he's walking down in um, the Moran Castle, 
And he said, he was chatting to the youngster there, and he said, nine, nine or so, I was a ten of them coming through Dublin Airport, of the mm. people staying in Drummond. Mm. Mm. So. That's the problem, isn't it? Um, but the, the, there's one question here. We're sending over the Cahir Luck, and we wouldn't like to deprive him of his opportunities while he's, while he's in the chair to avail of the gravy train. But is, 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 could we spend that money promoting Shannon Airport uh, directly, Google Ads, whatever way you promote Shannon Airport, come fly to Ireland through Shannon Airport, west of Ireland, Wild Atlantic Way sort of thing? Mm. Or is it cheaper? Like how the Milwaukee Festival attracts Americans who know about Ireland. They've been to, probably been to Ireland um, a few times. Uh, some of my colleagues go out there for the traditional music. It seems to be quite a, an mm. inside job, so to speak. Um, would it be not better to spend, for Clare County Council to spend its money on mm. uh, marketing campaign? It's an interesting question. I mean, I would hope that what they do is meet key people and influence key people in relation to how Shannon can be promoted. Well, that and, would be brilliant I if mean, that was the case. I, I would hope that that is yeah. the case. Well, the next time we have Joe in, or any politician, will we ask him that, yeah. maybe? Because I, I'm always curious as to... Now, wouldn't like, I'm sure it's a nice event, and they are representing Claire, and you do need ambassadors for that mm. sort of thing. Um, but you want to see the bread and butter of it as well. Hmm. well I expect if they're investing, let's say, whatever number of thousands in that trip, that... There would be a return, maybe three, four, tenfold. You would hope. I suppose the other thing this year then is that the advent of direct flights from Shannon to Chicago, and that you know is an important, I suppose, point to capitalise on when you are trying. Well, to that is an important airport. development. It says here Shannon Airport recorded two hundred forty thousand passengers on its services to New York, Boston, and Newark during twenty twenty two. And it is hoped that this figure will increase further during 2023 due to the reintroduction, as you said there, Jim, of flights to Chicago in May. Mm. And that uh, Pat has been on. So, um, of course, we always, didn't we all, Shannon always had a Chicago? No, we didn't. No, there was a time when all transatlantic flights had to mm. stop. Had to Shannon. stop, yeah. 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 Okay. Our friends in Dublin. Yeah, the Chicago flight when came back last year. Okay. Yeah. Okay, the, my only regret is that I, I didn't realise this was on when Pat was over there. We, would have, down. we would have asked him to stay for an extra week and cover it for us for uh, Scarif Bay. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. <laughs> Fecal Festival. A uh, lot of pictures, Tom, in the papers this week. Yes. By all accounts, is it in the Clare Champion there on page 20? Page yeah, yeah, and page 8 in, also in the, in the Clare Champion. Right, and it's nothing but page 14 in the Clare yeah. Echo. Feathers, so loads, barons, banjos, uh, cellos, everything, you know? And it's, you see some well-known faces there? Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. I see Cleona Donnan there, I think, up the top. Yes, and yeah, Seamus Bogler. Seamus Bogler, yes. It's a feast of music, no, really, for those people yeah. who are interested in music. Left and there from uh, over my neck of the woods. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I mean, we'll say you had Martin Hayes, Manus McGuire, and mm. our, our girls interviewed Martin Hayes and also interviewed um, Edel Vaughan, the other, you know, last week. So it's absolutely fantastic weekend of music. 
It's more than a weekend, in fact. It's that was a fabulous interview that Carol had with um, Martin Hayes. Yes, yeah, yeah Geraldine. Oh, Geraldine, Geraldine and yeah, Marianne. Yeah, and Marianne, yeah. Fabulous yeah. interview, yeah. Okay, there's mentioned this week, because I'm, I'm conscious of the time and of the, the time is moving on, Lochder RNLI, and it's a, and, and the search and rescue in Killaloo. And it's something you hope you'll never need, but it's certainly great to know that it's there. Uh, if any of us get into trouble on, on boating or swimming or doing whatever uh, in that area. Um, Pat, are you? Yeah, there's four, there's three or four articles uh, on it. Lock the gang in a lie, safe, stranded boat. Two people were, two people were helped by Lock the gang in a lie, lifeboat volunteers when their cruiser suffered engine failure last week. At noon on Thursday, August 10th, the Provincial Coast Guard requested Lock the gang in a lie, lifeboat to launch to assist the people on a 40 foot cruiser anchored towards Terry Glass Bay. Lifeboat James Beer launched with Helen Steve Smith and and, uh, El, and Eleanor Hooker, Chris Parker and Jordan are on board. So mm. they, 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 they helped out the people anyway and they got them safely ashore and uh, you know. Yeah. And uh, there's a great facility for well, between that and the Coast Guard and Killaloo, yeah. you know, they've yeah. been kept busy. They're, they do get their share of call outs and it's it's a great Facility yeah. to have here, but I suppose yeah, there's, a, there's another article there on page yeah. two for uh, um, Tom about um, busy weekend for the Kildare Coast Guard. Yeah. yeah, and there's a nice photograph from there with the uh, the bridge, the background, the the the, the bridge in Kildare in the background. Yeah. And they're voluntary organisations. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, does that mean so they're volunteers? They don't get paid for this. That's don't my understanding. Yes. They don't get yeah. paid. Don't, yeah. yeah. And they are called out regularly. Just we'll probably be dealing next week with the the retained firefighters, which news broke on Thursday that they that the, the their union has sorted out a deal for them. Now they're paid a, a retainer. Um, the question is, you know, they these people go out on emergencies mm. as well and save lives, and yet they're volunteers. Seems a little bit of a dichotomy, doesn't it? It does because they they're doing similar type of work. Yeah. They're they're saving people. Yeah. You know they they need life support or you know they need to be able to resuscitate people yeah. and all that kind. Well, of proper thing. equipment and proper training. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They Which they must. Yes. You know. Yeah. There's, an, there's another article there actually as well on page um, page five where the uh, full steam ahead for the luxury going in their lives, but they they well they have doing training and and, and fundraising. And um, the, the, there's an article there on it all about it. Yes, okay. And also, just uh, yeah. uh, the RNLI there as well, Jim, there's a friend of ours there, um, Joe Quealy. He organises a, a, a born ramble every year, uh, raising money. And I, I was in it on a couple of occasions, and there'd be a huge crowd for it. Uh, it's born ramble, it's, it's taking place on the 3rd of September, uh, up in the Bourne. So it's a lovely part of the country for a walk. Yes. So anyone, if they wanted to go along for the walk and throw a few bob into the into the kitty, it would be. A, and is it is it very long? I wonder. It's, it's, eight, it's, eight, it's an eight kilometer walk. Oh yeah, that's not yeah. too bad. Mm. Okay, I'm conscious of time again. One, we were talking about it before we went on air. Uh, an Irish blind tennis team. Mm. Um, David, we were, we were looking yeah. at it there. It's on page um, three of the page. Care Champion. 
Wesley O'Brien, who I understand is from Killaloo. Yes, he is based in... I and think he's pictured there with the various members yeah, of, of the team. It's... it's, uh, it's he's, we, 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 the Irish, are sending, a, for a first time, a visually impaired tennis team that Wesley has been coach of. Um, it's part of the World Blind Sports Games, which takes place uh, next week. Um, and it's happening in Birmingham. And Wesley has been the coach. He's pictured here of the team. Um, they've received uh, support from, I think, the Taoiseach and, or the president. Um, so we were wondering how it worked, um, how what accommodations people uh, were made. Wesley appears again on page 13, the East Clare page, another picture of him. And he is there pictured with a young Ukrainian orphan in Poland. He traveled out to Poland to Gdansk to a refugee camp. Um, and many, to, to many in this camp are orphaned children, their parents no longer surviving. And he spent a session there training them. So he's quite a busy man. He's a busy man, and, and obviously his heart is in the right place yes. for the various things that he does. Yeah. And we've heard of him before, and we've spoken about him before. It's the first time I've seen his photograph. Yeah. Uh, okay, a couple of other things. Uh, Tom, there, there's a pilot scheme. I don't know if you spotted it. Yeah. Rivers in Flagmount. Rivers, yes, indeed. I saw that there. What page is that uh, on again? No. Yeah. We'll uh, it's, on, it's on page seven um, of the, the, of the, of, of the champion. Yeah, yes. That's right. But uh, I suppose a lot of rivers have become polluted around the country, and I suppose yeah. they're, they're looking to, to pick out some rivers maybe which haven't become polluted yet. Yeah. I would have thought that uh, these days, these years, that the level of pollution in our rivers has uh, reduced, that things are improving. The runoff from, let's say, the, Excess fertilizer use has been frowned on the hmm. farming point of view, and they're doing everything to bring back clovers and things like that. And is that working? You're oh, saying it, 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 saying it yeah, is. It yeah. works. Yeah. 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 Mind you, not when we were young lads, the clover was, the, you know, trying to cut meadows with the old finger bar moors and the, the clover clogging up the. I'm going to go back there again. I'm just wondering, Tom, when yeah. you were a yoke fellow around yeah. Portumna and you were out through the fields and you came on a little stream and you were thirsty. Would you scoop your hands down? We certainly and, did, and yeah. drink yes. the fill of your cupped hands with water. We certainly did. There was always little wells and springs there. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Would you do it now? Uh, probably not. No. Yeah. yeah. But and it's no reason why it shouldn't be still a safe to, to do yeah. it. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I often remember doing that yeah, now. Yeah. And, and yeah. okay, we're the time. Can we just offer our congratulations to? the East Clare Co-op in Scariff, who are celebrating this weekend their 35th anniversary of their foundation. Doesn't seem like 35 years. It does not, no. Oh, I was in there this morning to the cafe for yeah. a cup of coffee and a couple of things. Very popular place? It is a popular place. It is. It's, it's quite busy. And just on the music trail, uh, we talked about the Fetal Festival, the trail after um, Rain Supreme and Clare on the Hill. There's a full page there as well on page 8 of the Champion. Page 8 of the Clare Champion. Champion, Okay, we'll have to leave it at that because time has beaten us. Um, So, my thanks to everybody for for coming in today, to Pat, to David, to Tom, to Luke for uh, pressing all the buttons and keeping us in time. And uh, I suppose, Pat, 
What, what are you going to play? We had Elvis at half time. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll wish um, Ashley O'Connor the best of luck in the Rose of Tralee and we'll have Sean O'Shea with the Rose of Tralee. You know about the medicine it? Lovely. Okay, thank you very much. We'll talk to you again next Sunday at 2 o'clock. From, from us, for now, goodbye and God bless. Beneath a blue sea When I strayed with my love To the pure crystal fountain